Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, Deep Dive with Dana Carvey. Hey, Dana. Glad to be here, Conan. It's a six-part mini-series where I, Conan O'Brien, along with occasional help from my assistant, Sonam Obsessian. Hi. And my producer, Matt Gorley. Hi. Go deep into the weeds with one of my favorite comedians and friends, Dana Carvey. Enjoy. Fall is here, hear the yell. Back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Well, I'm a very happy person because once again, I'm sitting with Dana Carvey and uh, we're just having a blast making these mini episodes, acting like fools and uh, not worrying about a thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dana, See, I want to ask you I, a question. I took orders. Can I, can yes. I ask you I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go Conan. Conan, <laughs> what's wrong? I like in movies where they say the guy's name every second. Conan, say something, Conan. What's wrong, Conan? Well, I just thought that maybe, hey, Conan. Hey, Conan. Um, you know, you brought up something on one of the other About episodes. comedy. Uh, well, you know, you brought up something that I wanted to to riff on just for a second because it got me thinking. You were talking about how John Wayne in movies doesn't know, not only doesn't know fear, but is angry at the very idea of fear. Which I love. Yeah, and you did a thing where it's like, yeah. you know, Walter Brennan's like, well, if the sub goes any deeper, we're going to blow up. And he's just like, well, we'll go deeper. Take her down, Pappy. Yeah, and he just doesn't we'll care. explode out of the ocean. <laughs> Get out of my face, Pappy. I can't explode. Explode, I don't care. Yeah, and so I was listening <laughs> to that, and it was reminding me that my favorite villains, see if you know what I'm talking about. My sure. favorite villains in movies are ones who, they have a meticulous plan, and then someone yes. comes in the room and tells them that the whole plan's been ruined by something they didn't foresee, and the villain is intrigued. Rather than being, <laughs> Rather than and my favorite one of all yeah, time, yeah. my favorite one of all time is in mm-hmm. Die Hard. Uh, the, the, the villain, um, oh, Alan Rickman, Hans, Al- Alan Hans Rickman, Gruber. Hans yeah. Gruber. And so <laughs> Hans, Hans Gruber, Hans Gruber has yeah, been working on a plan to steal the money from this building. And he's been working on the plan, I think for about four years and they've thought it out to the second. And then 
They've got it all worked out perfectly. And then a guy comes running in the room and says, we didn't count on this, but there's a policeman loose in the building. He has the chart. He has a gun. He's killing our men. He has the charges that we need to blow up the safe that everything depends on. And we have no idea where he is or who he is. And Hans Gruber, the normal reaction would be like, fuck, fuck, we're out. Get out. Everyone get the fuck out. Get the fuck. Let's get back to Germany. Everybody, let's get back. But instead they tell him this and Hans Gruber goes, hmm, intriguing. (laughs) And I'm like, what? And then and then they come in later on and they say, well, he just blew up this and he blew up that. And he's like, this uh, policeman, I must come to know him better. It's like, no, 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 no. You're so screwed. And and up to the point where at the end of the ep- at the end of the movie, he's finally punched off the building and he's falling to his death. But he's firing his gun. He's still, got, he's still, he's still firing his gun, going like, hmm, I'm intrigued by this policeman who's taken my life from me. How many times, and I know comedians have done this bit, I'm sure, but how many times can they still do it and make it believable where the good people are caught, the bad guys tied them all up, and some fuse go off or whatever, and then like, goodbye, Mr. Bond. You know, they always leave the room leave, to yeah. allow them. And the other one I love is when uh, some old movie, and then they meet the stranger and the stranger walks away and they go, hey, mister, what do they call you? And he turns and he goes, Abe, Abe Lincoln. (laughs) I love that. Or with Dr. Lovelace. (laughs) Dr. Lovelace of Wild Wild West. The the, the dwarf genius. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what happened to him? I don't know. He said, oh, he was talking gibberish. Said something about a it's like 1860, something about a television. (laughs) (laughs) That's the big twist at the end. (laughs) No, I do love that old, that old trope of mister, you never told us your name. My name, Gandhi. (laughs) (laughs) You just kicked the shit out of everyone in town. What's your name? Gandhi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't quite have the same ring if you're like, hey, mister, what's your name? Genghis. Genghis Khan. And John Wayne did play Genghis Khan. John Wayne, in one of the worst casting decisions of all time, played Genghis Khan in a movie. Um, And they uh, gave him. Yes, he played Genghis Khan and they gave him. Yes, they did. Like he. They. Asianized his they gave, eyes. They, it was yes, pretty, it was something you. Uh, I wouldn't say. You should uh, look it up know. online and just behold what happened in America in the past. That's can I do I'll a say. brief? Because we did a. a you previous, can do whatever you want. This is a brief uh, revisit to um, the idea of Hitler, uh, Bobby and Jack Kennedy, and uh, Elvis who fake their death and are in a bunker beneath Las Vegas taking youth pills awaiting their chance to emerge to the surface and dominate the world. Yeah, and this, then, this old bit. This, <laughs> this, it's been ripped off by everyone. Like, who doesn't have this bit? Chappelle closed his special with this bit. Uh, but I just wanted to extenuate one little part. Where sure. Bob, Bobby Kennedy is, uh, I know people are listening right now going, what? Bobby Kennedy is trying to teach Adolf Hitler how to speak English, and everyone's a little frustrated with the process. Because they've been in this bunker for a long time. They've been in this bunker. They faked their death 60, 70 years ago, and they've been in this bunker a long time, and they've got to get Hitler up to speed, you know. So I was like, Bobby, come on. You're wasting your time. I'm going to go. I'm going to put on a dress, go up to Chef Delaware, get some Dunkin' Donuts. What about you, Jack? You want some? 
I uh, I would like a glazed donut before this evening's over. I don't ask for it because it's easy. I ask because it's hard. Why do you always say that last part? I don't know. I just kind of like it. <laughs> uh, Bobby, what about you? Uh, uh, no, Robert, what about you? I, I, I'm uh, I'm pretty close to uh, teaching Elvis some basic words. You want to see? Bobby hasn't won, learned one word in seventy years. Come on, you're kidding. Oh, teaching, I'm teaching uh, Adolf. Uh, teaching Adolf. Uh, teaching Adolf a, a new word. Here it is. Adolf, uh, 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 repeat after me, uh, butterscotch. Butterscotch. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see, Elvis? Do you hear what he said? Butterscotch. Butterscotch. That doesn't sound nothing like butterscotch. <laughs> try, uh, try something like cotton candy. Uh, Elvis, uh, sorry, Hitler, say... <laughs> it's hard to keep track of everyone, isn't it's it? It's been 70 years. <laughs> Hitler, say uh, uh, cotton candy. Cotton candy. <laughs> oh, wow, he suddenly gets he really said, good? Said it. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Why can't they... I mean, I understand why Hitler cannot come to the surface. Right. Uh, but why can't the rest of them come to the surface? Well, because they look like they did from the 60s, so they have to wear disguises to go up. <laughs> you haven't thought this through. Well, they, they're in the bunker and they're waiting and their plot is to take over the world, but, you know. Oh, okay, okay. No, like- yeah, Jack, what, are, what exactly are we going to do with the world when we take it over? Uh, we will do things that people do when they take over planets. Now, what exactly is that, Jack? Uh, we will find out when we cross that bridge. We don't do it because it's easy. We do it because it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish you wouldn't say that. You've. uh, Is this going to make the cut? No, no, no. Listen to me. Here's what's great. I have here. Here's what's great. One. God. No, no, no. Stop it. Stop throwing your paper around. You don't need this. This isn't necessary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we can do authentic. But listen to me. Here's here's what I want to say. Yes. Here's what I want to say to you. Okay, Conan. The whole point of of life. (laughs) <laughs> the whole point of life. The whole point of screwing around mm-hmm. in comedy is not knowing where it's going or why. And 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 often right. the funniest ideas don't have a reason for existing. There is not a good – it's hilarious to have all those guys in the bunker together in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You don't need – why are they there? It's not important. Don't want to know. I think the, sub, the, the subconscious – reacts to things like this and if it is subconscious it can last it can be repeated and it can go on and on like a little thing i did called chopping broccoli i like to do bits that are better 40 years later (laughs) (laughs) secret ego coming out he always had confidence you know we knew underneath that we were someone we could monetize sorry go ahead that was <laughs> Scotty Flopnop whatever <laughs> that's, that's the uh, the manager character you go into every now yes, and then yes but you're a totally a kindred spirit Conan I remember the last time I was on your show I was getting the makeup chair and I looked up at the monitor and there was no sound and I just saw a profile of you I couldn't hear what you were doing but you were so committed. It really, that was the hardest I've laughed in a long time. Oh, you were just nice. You know how you'd go to that gear yeah. of just the salting abstract madness. I have, well, you have it That's too. That's why you have super fans. We have a gear. We have a gear right. where I will commit all the way. And, and at then, that point, you don't care what happens. You just know I'm going to seven. And uh, if people hate 11. it, yeah, or 11 or whatever you want to say, uh, you, you're going to go there. And if they despise it later on, 
That's not important now. Now I'm just going to go to 11 and see what happens. Well, what I always try to do when I do stand-up and I'm not feeling funny at all, I try to make myself laugh when I get to the mic by saying something that'll make me laugh. So it could be something really, you know, whatever, right. you, do your, you know, whatever. Because the whole conceit of the idea of the clown being funny and here comes the funny and he's being funny. Oh, shh, quiet, he's being funny. Ah, is Makes you self-conscious. Makes you self-conscious. So to get out of it, you know, you just need to be kind of crazy. So. You know, uh, I've found recently over the, it took me like years to get to this point. Yes. But the other day, you know, I'm doing the monologue and I, I all I do, I don't do much of a, joke monologue anymore. I just try and screw around as much as I can. Right. But I, I had like three jokes and they were about Trump and his taxes. Mm-hmm. That was in the news. Have to do it. And, and I felt like you feel like I'm only doing this because people expect this. So I did the first joke and it kind of got like a, ha, 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 ha. And I, I actually said, don't worry, this part will be over soon. And, <laughs> and they laughed harder at that than they did at the joke. Yes. And then I did the second one and I said, yep, almost there. And then I did the third, you know, and I started to just basically say, yeah, this, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that you're not finding this that amusing right. because there's 1,750 late night talk shows and I'm the 751st person tonight to talk about <laughs> Trump and his taxes. So let's just do this quickly. Right. None of us are happy about this algebra assignment, but let's get it done and get on to the fun stuff. And it had this, because I was being honest about it, I think, I don't know, it just made it more enjoyable for me. And I think well, maybe made it more enjoyable for them. I love that this is the, the life. It's like trying to catch the wind comedy. You never graduate, you never finish. And there's always some other level of confidence you can get to where you're just completely existing. You're not self-conscious. The second voice is quiet. So I love that here you are 4,000 hours later still taking a little chance or twisting your thing. Well, you said something. I don't even think the mics are on, but we were talking. That's when and the I best went, stuff happens, unfortunately. I'm not. I'm not uh, no, you touched I'll me. be honest. Uh, but but, but uh, you said, you said it's paper tissue. In a fireplace. In a fireplace. It's that quick, meaning you kill. You say it. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's, he's going gonna, he's gonna to kill. He's going to kill. And then it's like there's 10 minutes later and, hey, I thought you killed. And the people... Hey, good set. <laughs> you know, and then a lot of times you're just in a car pretty quickly after that by yourself in the back. And it's like Dustin Hoffman after he gets Catherine Ross in The Graduate, like, okay, all right, you know. And then you can't be like the Stones or anyone else and just wind down on these 10 songs and see how well you can play them for 60 years. No. And I saw Sting's going to play his songs and. You know, we have to come up with new variations yes. and new this combinations. Is, this is something, I don't think we've talked about this, but I, I think you're the same way. I'm so envious of musicians. Well, we'd because, love to have done that. Because you and I, yeah. I think both, if we could have, if we could have been musicians, uh, would have done it. Because it, there's oh, something, yeah. there, because I've always thought this, I've done gigs, uh, done, you know, benefits or things and, and a really big rock star, I'll be the comic and they're really big rock stars there. And it's a sting or it's a Bruce Springsteen, yeah. huge star, or it's a, you know, John Mayer. So I'll do my thing and I, I am judged joke to joke. You're only as good as totally. your bit. Yeah. And so like, oh, I love that. Oh, that one, not so great. Oh, that one's really good. Mm, not so much that one. And you're, mm-hmm. you feel like you're fighting for your life the whole time. Then you get off 
And then yeah. you see the the uh, sting come out, and he goes, "Every breath you take, every move <laughs> you make," and people are just like, "Oh my god, yeah, this is fantastic." Now, is he sweating backstage? Yeah, I like, wonder how this is going to go. Do I do it? No, he's if not. If I ever lose my faith in you, yeah, and we're up there just dancing like clowns, yeah, and and, dancing for our breakfast, and and I see them backstage, and they're just strapping on their instrument, and they know they're all tuned up. Yep, ready to go. Someone else has tuned their guitar or their bass. They're all good. It's it all is good. interesting. Someone, you know, as the evolution of a, a rock star or pop star, like they'll, you know, in the early days, they'd have their shirts off, you know, and then it's a shirt, maybe buttoned really low. And then eventually there's a cummerbund underneath the shirt. And then with the, there's a scarf around the neck and maybe some jewels and things. It's like this magic trick. I'm not 75, you know. Well, you know, who's doing that is, um, you know, Aerosmith. Steven uh, Tyler. Steven Tyler has been adding clothing. Yeah, he's like a magician of black yeah. witch magic. And you know? now I do think, I really <laughs> Look do. Look over th- here. <laughs> I think if you, if a truck hit him, uh, like white doves would just fly out. I think there's, he's, he's got like live birds in there. He's got a, a whole women's uh, department store would explode and doves would be flying around and there'd be uh, headbands and under. Yeah. Can I say something about that? I saw sure. him on a motorcycle with a woman and my wife and I both went, is that Steven Tyler? And we couldn't figure it out. Then we wow. looked at the motorcycle and the motorcycle had scarves tied around it. Yeah. And we went, of course that's him. Oh I saw- It's kind of smart though, you know? I mean- I thought I saw Steven Tyler in a hardware store, but it was uh, a broom. <laughs> um, I saw a lady's mannequin. <laughs> Valvoline Instant Oil Change is the quick, easy, trusted place for your next oil change. Valvoline's convenient, no appointment needed. You can even stay in your car while they do the work. You have to sit in some waiting room, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their friendly certified technicians have over 270 hours of training and they get you in and out fast while performing a thorough free 18-point maintenance check with your oil change. We got someone here who just experienced this, our own Aaron Blair. Blair, well, how was it? It was awesome. I took my Jeep uh, jock jams in and got a sweet oil change and uh, and I actually brought a book because I thought it would take a while. And uh, they had me in and out like 15 minutes. It was awesome. Well, also, you should point out, you can't read. I can't. So, But I wanted people to <laughs> you, think I could. Yeah. But I mean, uh, come on. Yeah, maybe somebody hot is there. And they're illiterate. like, oh, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, and then, then you know, now I've, I'm, I got a date. Yeah. yeah I don't but, think that's, uh, that's not how people meet each other. Didn't, didn't have time for that. Yeah. So if you see Blade driving around in his beautifully oiled jock jams, <laughs> give him the old thumbs up. <laughs> or throw a tangerine at him. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Valvoline, they're doing it right. Visit valvoline.com slash Conan for an exclusive offer towards your next oil change. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. (laughs) Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. 
They're everywhere. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. But we don't have that thing. We were never sex symbols. I mean, maybe you were more than me being tall and strapping. You don't know the... Well, sex I'm symbol jacked, Conan. I'm jacked with a but dick I've, that goes I'm all like night. a funny little clown. <laughs> Wait, what happened? What happened? What did you say? It just goes all night. You went I'm port- not even there and it just takes off and goes. Can we get a playback on that? Because that was uh, like a zap. Definitively, no, we could not. <laughs> what, what I said was not sexual. What I meant was my penis leaves at night and goes and does things. And not sexy right. things. Like Batman? Yes. What? Like Batman? It fights crime occasionally. <laughs> well, let's do another. But it also sometimes runs up charges. It, it goes places and it orders very expensive Italian meals. This dovetails into another quick episode of Jimmy Stewart. Ah. Having. Conan's happy already. Someone's going to perform oral sex on Jimmy Stewart. I guess it was Catherine Hepburn. We, we, we did this on our, uh, a long time ago. Yeah. You did uh, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, and and he's tr- <laughs> you led me to the bit with your tan- dancing dick. Uh, that's okay. I've no, there was no criticism, Mister Defenso. I, Defenso I lo- nine thousand. It made me laugh. Okay, go ahead. So anyway, I'm just I'm just setting you up. This is your uh, yeah. What, so are, are you going to take us to the next level with Jimmy Stewart I'm gonna, here? I'm going to do some variations on this, but basically to uh, the listeners. I don't like uh, blue graphic stuff, but I love sexual stuff that's done in an abstract way. So this is Jimmy Stewart sitting back about someone's about, Catherine Hepburn's about to perform oral sex on him, and he, he decides to verbally go a different way. Wow, okay. perfect setup. Nicely done. And uh, curtain up. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well this is kind of fun, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, just well, just, just well, well. Let's not rush it today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just look at it, would you? Yeah. Yeah. Just look at it for a while. Well, now look, look the other way. Well, yeah, look away. Now just think of something else. Think of a hat of lettuce or a cucumber. Well, well no, that'd be too sexual. And now look back at it. Yeah. See, I, I like I like when I see the surprise in your eyes. But you have to not look at it so you can be surprised to look at it. Well, here, here's, here's a couple dollars. I, I want you to go go down to the street, and I want you to go to the five and dime. Get yourself a malted and get me a payday bar. Yeah. I'll wait here. Do, 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 do. Yeah, well, welcome back. Yeah. Well, don't don't look at it yet. <laughs> it's been 17 minutes. All right, give me the payday, boy. All right, now look back at it. Well, that's that's what gets me off. That's what I like. I like the surprise in your eyes because you forgot what it was. You went to the candy store. Now you see it for the first time. Fresh. You got you got what I call fresh eyes. <laughs> 
So that was part so wait two. A minute, wait That's part two. That's part two. So wait a minute. Wait she a minute. She has to leave. Are the they building. sitting in a car? I don't know I, where they are. I, I picture kinda, them in a car. I had them on an apartment in a couch, but right, it, initially it was in a car. Now I'm feeling like he's in a, they're both in a car and he's, and now while, <laughs> while, while Catherine Hepburn is gone getting, yes. she's out getting, getting stuff. a malted and the payday bar. Yes. Is he sitting there with his yes. uh, genitals exposed? Yes. He's just sitting there <laughs> with his manhood, very, very friendly in a friendly position, just waiting. And the turn on for Jimmy is that she's, she's going to forget. She's not going to remember what it looks like. But you know, what, you know what kills me about this is that <laughs> when when he is when he does say that that arouses him. Yeah, he sounds like he doesn't sound aroused at all. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. His voice. I know that's what I love about. It. I hate it, to be overly yeah, analytical, but I just love that he's like, oh yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, wait, wait a minute, that's not. I don't yeah. get a sense of someone no. blood rushing to that area. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's not really sexual in a sense, right? No, no. I think that's what's yeah. so funny about it. I just it. like to see the surprise in your eyes. <laughs> I mean, I like it when you you just don't you don't remember it, and I like when you come back and maybe in the the back of your mind, you have a name for it, but you don't want to tell me, right? <laughs> you can name it anything you want. It's yours. But just, 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 all I'm asking is in the big scheme of things, you know, I'm nothing but a scurvy little spider. And you can call it anything you want. All I ask is you don't touch it because that's when the game is over, you see. Everything changes. It, 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 you know, people call it foreplay. I call it life. <laughs> but what happens if he's in the car? Yeah. What happens if he's in the car and Mr. Potter in his wheelchair comes by and bangs <laughs> on and bangs on his window? Mr. Potter. What did he sound like? I'm trying to remember. Like, hey, you. Let's see. Your father was nothing, nothing. but a loser. I just see him. Jimmy's in there waiting and he's got it. He's exposed. Yeah. What? You know, he's just pounding on the window yeah. and, and Jimmy's waiting for Catherine Hepburn right. to come back and get his. And he's waiting for his Oh, day. Jesus Christ. It's Mr. Potter. <laughs> Let me grab my cardigan and lay it over my friend down here. Yeah, that'll cover up. Let me roll down the window. Look at you with your, with your penis exposed. Oh, that's, that's all in your imagination. <laughs> uh, you, you, you know, your eyesight's not so good. You're pretty old, you know. I've got a cardigan on my lap. That's all. There's nothing under there. I saw what I saw. <laughs> You're a you. sick man, Potter. I always wanted to say this to you. Well, fuck you. There it is. I'm no longer. That's the, the lost ending. Yeah. That's the other lost ending. Of, of, you know, uh, is that he just loses it on Potter? I can hear the reviews. Dana Carvey leaning on characters from 1965. John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart amongst them. Have I just love that. <laughs> well, I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw you naked from the waist down, George Bailey. I just love that he, <laughs> that he. Well, this is you know I often think, and maybe this isn't the funniest part of the idea, but I as you get older, mm -hmm. you, you hear words like enabling and people pleasing, and you go, well, maybe Mr. Potter was like self actualized. He drew strong boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, he was just loaning money to people so they could buy houses. Jimmy Stewart was passive aggressive. He was bitter. He enabled Uncle Billy to stay an alcoholic and lose the money. Yeah, you know, it's sort of he's, an, he's a t he's a classic enabler. Yeah, a classic enabler. Yeah, well, I just wanted to 
have a you could have a drink, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, what am I going to tell him? He can't have a cocktail for crying out loud. <laughs> kind of dystopian world do we live in? See, my prayer yeah. and hope is that people in their twenties will go, will look up It's a Wonderful Life and go see Jimmy Stewart and go, oh, that was really funny what he was doing. <laughs> but right now, it's just a funny old man. You don't know what you see. You're you have this voice in your head that just says, that's constantly I suck. You know what? You have this, these two the two old men in the balcony at the Muppets <laughs> are sitting in your head, and every time yes. you do a hilarious bit, you yourself go, no one's going to know that. They're going to hate it, and it's not true. You don't need to do that. I'm your therapist I, now. I like it. No, I, I'm I'm. Um, I'm the yin and the yang. I got two sides of my brain. Mm. You know, one is very joyous, happy, and the other one is like that. So it squeezes through and out comes, well, fuck you. <laughs> That's just the way it goes up is the yeah. funny part to me. But anyway, we're wrapping up this episode. Yeah, we're going to wrap up this episode. Conan needs more friends. We've just changed the title. I really cause, don't. Because need- I'm a friend and that's one. If I've got you, I don't need anyone else. Thank you, Conan. Uh, join us again. We're messing around. None of it means anything. Just We're wrong. alive, man! Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsession and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Special thanks to Jack White for the theme song. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blayert, and the show is engineered by Will Beckton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.